Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. It was an island to itself, a place that defined Milwaukee for centuries, and today it's completely unrecognizable. I'm Nate Immig, and on this special episode of Urban Spelunking, we're learning about the people of Jones Island, a thin piece of land jutting out into Lake Michigan underneath the present-day Hone Bridge. These days, the only trace of the island's colorful history is a tiny park, the smallest one in Milwaukee, actually, named in honor of one of the ethnic groups who live there, the Kashubs. And Jones Island is the subject of a new special airing on Milwaukee PBS, People of the Port, a Jones Island documentary, by filmmakers John Goethe and Claudia Luz. The duo have a long collaborative history, including creating the beloved five-part series, Making of Milwaukee and Milwaukee, a City Built on Water. Both have aired on Milwaukee PBS. Urban Spelunking co-host Bobby Tanzillo joins in on our conversation, and we start right on page one. We see in this documentary five distinct chapters of Jones Island history. Talk about how this documentary starts, because it's really important, I think, that, and I think a great choice that the documentary starts with the indigenous population. It actually starts uh, in Kashubs Park, the smallest park in Milwaukee, but that was one of the the sites for a time when uh, Jones Island was the site of the largest Indian village in Milwaukee. Uh, and the first time anybody mentioned Milwaukee by name, any any white recorder, was back in 1679 when a French missionary priest named Zenobius Membre. Uh, no, no one has resurrected that name. Zenobius has fallen out of favor as, as a name for, for, for young men. But he, he uh, recorded a, a village uh, at the Rivermouth. So that's uh, it's the, the first chapter from, from a, a European perspective, the first chapter in Milwaukee's history. Well, the documentary covers, as we said, five distinct chapters in Jones Island history in a half-hour format. Give us the table of contents. What are those five chapters? Uh, Start with the Native Americans. You go on to the French Canadians who traded with them in their village. You proceed to them being evicted back in 1838, a place called Indian Fields near Forest Home Cemeteries where they were all gathered. And then 1853, James Monroe Jones comes from Buffalo and opens a shipyard on the the western side of the peninsula. And then he's blown away by both the financial panic and a storm. And then the 1870s, the Kashubs uh, come from the Baltic sea coast of Poland and establish a commercial fishing village. They were evicted in the 1920s, a little last holdout until the 1940s. And it becomes just transformed. Uh, The size is through landfill tripled or quadrupled. And you have the sewage treatment plant and the the port of Milwaukee, the salt mountains, the tank farms, the freight yards where nobody lives. Is it sort of um, ironic that this place in Milwaukee that potentially has the most sort of layers of ethnic history now has like no human... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at least in terms of inhabitation in you know habitation yeah you're right no it was it was kind of the the in some ways the nerve center the epicenter of, of milwaukee back in the early years but you also have to look at kind of the the practicalities of the landscape uh as milwaukee grew there was just a, a desperate need and desperate is the word uh for sewage treatment and also an outer harbor as the boats got too big to ascend the river where else are you going to put that <laughs> you got to put it at the river mouth. So it was the very obvious, but the only no location for those kind of massive infrastructure projects. One of my favorite parts of the documentary are those romantic descriptions of Jones Island in the early 1900s when it was really, you know, it truly really was a, a village in, unto itself. 
And romantic wasn't, I guess, the adjective I was expecting to hear. Um, <laughs> so just kind of paint a picture of that romantic period when the Kashubs were there. Well, paint a picture is a perfect way to segue into that because there's beautiful artwork that um, painters, drawers, lithographers uh, produce these amazing pieces of art. And uh, the Wisconsin Museum. Museum of Wisconsin Art. Yes, they have a grand collection, but the public library does, um, the County Historical Society. So we have a a, a nice little section of like a gallery of paintings with the velvety voice of James Pickering to to kind of give that essence of the of looking back with these this romantic gauzy lens. And it's they're beautiful, beautiful artworks. Yeah, the, the never ceasing murmur and wash of water on the sandy shores. Yes. <laughs> the, the great line there was, uh, we, we found this 1903 uh, passage describing the island, and it was uh, something about the weather, tumble down, weather beaten aspect of the, the houses that fills one's poetic soul to overflowing. <laughs> oh, we also <laughs> the living room. Me lately. Visually, what did Jones Island look like during this Kashub period that we're talking about? You know, describe the the look for our podcast listeners. Chaotic, <laughs> in a single word. Uh, the street system was improvised, as Tony said. Uh, the houses were uh, homemade, and kind of under, underline that uh, there was there was no order of any kind. Despite what you see in some of the official plat maps, that have these very you know right angled streets, they just imposed that grid. That it was just uh, it was completely made up. You know the the reality was was very chaotic. Uh, so if if you were to imagine it, uh, you know try to imagine a European village, you know from perhaps the the eighteen hundreds, uh, where the the streets are dirt. You know there are chickens. Uh, Wandering the streets, there are cows in the backyards. Uh, everyone speaking a different language than English. Uh, so it, it really was, in a lot of ways, you know, kind of the Kashubi uh, seacoast uh, transplanted to Milwaukee. They were undergoing change, obviously, as all immigrants assimilate. Uh, but you no, know, it really had the uh, kind of the, the signature, the earmarks of a, of a European village in, in the heart of a big city. Where, where does that happen? <laughs> exactly. And I love that one line that you wrote, John, uh, that some of the houses never met a coat of paint because everything's <laughs> just drab looking, this kind right. of weather beaten gray. Yep. Beautiful, though. It almost reminds me of some of the like smaller towns in Door County, like Fish Creek, yeah. even um, yeah. that same kind of quaint uh, lakeside life. Uh, think yeah. of it as, as Gill's Rock without concrete mm. <laughs> or, yeah. or electricity or, or running water. <laughs> Or, or sewers. <laughs> but those essential services were coming soon, sewers included. It would be a dramatic and arduous legal battle, but necessary to build the Milwaukee we know today. After the break, we'll continue the conversation, plus reveal the origins of this 1983 musical homage. I went up to Milwaukee to see my baby there. She worked out on Jones Island. We'll fill in the rest of those lyrics, and we'll talk about the wealth of artwork Luz and Gerda uncovered in their research. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. 
Claudia, I wanted to ask about the visual language of the film. You know, we're talking about a nearly forgotten history here where we're uh, digging into you know, artwork and these other historical images. Um, how did you go about just piecing together a visual look and feel for this film? Well, one thing is that the many of the original photographs came from a family uh, photo album. And it was a woman that worked at Milwaukee PBS back in the 90s. And she was the receptionist and you know how people hang around the reception desk and are gabbing and talking. And so she's mentioned these, these photo albums she had. And I said, bring them in because I love history. So she brings in these photo albums and she had stacks of them. These beautiful photo albums filled with not only um, you know portraits of people like their, their wedding day, but also candid shots of people just in their casual wear and their aprons, um, a woman on a street or drinking a cup of coffee, it just amazing stuff. And then also like documents of the homes, like houses and bars. And, and I, I couldn't believe it. And she said, this, these are just her family heirlooms, her, fa her great uncle, I believe it was, that was a photographer and he had a really good eye. And so she, I, th those have always been in the back of my mind. I just thought, God, there's a really big film here. And so we use those, John and I use those in, I thought we used some in Making a Milwaukee too, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yep. yep. Yeah. And Making a Milwaukee, but it was such a short little part of that. So it was great to expand it out and to use that. And then the public library has so much. And then the Bayview Historical Library had some more things. County Historical. Um, County Historical is just loaded with with images of, of Jones Island. So it was really nice because we could mix in both things from the library that the library had a lot to do with the schools because right. they built these barracks of schools and um, the school teachers had to be um, rowboated in to from the mainland. So they lived on the mainland and would come every day um, by boat. And that was, you know, in the winter time when it was all ice and they had to break the ice and get the teachers there. So they had all those sorts of photographs, but then Carlin at, at Channel 10 had all these, you know, home shots that were just so beautiful. So it was just a pleasure to just weave those all together to, to John's words. And we used them for storytelling, but there were a lot left over. And I don't want to give too much away, but the, the ending kind of along, alongside the credit roll is just a whole series of candids accompanied by the, the performance of the Morganite Blues <laughs> by Don Nedevic. And it's just, uh, it's parts, it's almost laugh out loud funny, uh, but it's, it's wonderful to, to end with a smile, you know, which it, the documentary does. It's a punchline at the very end. Yeah, the Morganite Blues, it's an amazing song. Oh my yeah, God. you gotta you gotta talk more about that. I mean, when you talk laugh out loud, I laugh. I literally laughed out loud oh. when I when I heard it. It was good, the good, perfect good. way to end it. I went up to Milwaukee to see my baby there. She worked out on Jones Island. Her aroma was so rare. It seems the fertilizer is the tantalizer that keeps me coming back for more. I got those old Milwaukee, bang them up, Milorganite Blue. What is that song all about, the credit roll? I was listening to Dewey Gill's show, because I, I listen every Sunday. And this was only about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, I was listening to it. And all of a sudden, 
Dewey played that. And I was like, what is this? And I must find it. So I went online and I then I learned that that Don, it was performed by Don Nettlebeck, who's an artist, does a lot of those cat and animal pictures, but he also had a band called the North Water North- Street. Street North Water Street, uh, Dixieland Jazz Band, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I found out that he had just died, though, a couple of years ago. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. And But I located his widow and talked to her, and she is the most lovely woman. And she um, gave me the permission to use it, and she's just delighted. She hasn't seen it yet. To see, I said I use it for the credits, and it's hilarious. And I, But then she sent me an album so you this, gotta, this broadcast will, will boost the sales of that album to, to oh, record. I hope so. Right. I hope so. I better alert Liz because she better be because she's the one that's still selling the album and selling calendars and stuff. To me, that's a great example of how tireless Claudia has been in finding oh. things and tracking it down. I love <laughs> doing that though, she but is doing in, indefatigable. <laughs> Now I got those old Milwaukee bag them up me Logan I had two more I wanted to ask um, John one was about Jones Island specifically and I wondered if he ever finds himself down there and wandering around and trying to imagine where things were I mean it's so oh, sure. different now and I do that all the time when I'm there I'm like I wonder sure, where the sure. school was it's kind of over here oh absolutely I live in Bayview and I bike a lot so that's that's part of my route I go north or south and when I go north I go to Jones Island uh then I end up into Walker's Point often so yes uh, I'm there a lot I know the the landscape well uh and I can recall some things from my childhood there used to be uh the Pier Marquette car ferry or the CNO car ferry rather uh went to Ludington I can recall taking that as my first trip out of state (laughs) and the the little the little slip is there I was probably I don't know six years old Uh, it's still there kind of adjacent to the the sewage treatment plant so there's some some uh old memories there I would bike there with my kids when they were small you know they're all grown with their own kids now so uh it's a very familiar landscape trying to imagine where things were uh between past and present is except for Kashub's park is a, a futile exercise it has been yeah. so completely denatured uh in large you know <laughs> the, the sandy shores are are now you know uh, fixed in concrete and steel uh so trying trying to do that comparison is very difficult uh you can in the older neighborhoods as you know uh you know the old, old neighborhood you can kind of sort of fix in kind of a, a worldview or a, a kind of get a visual image of what things were, but they're pretty hard in Jones Island. That's why Cashews Park is so special, you know, because yeah. it, it is, it's it's a touchstone. It really kind of takes us back. It's a, it's a portal and takes us back to the past. Right, and then my one other question was, uh, this is, I wanted you to just sort of talk quickly about the new book as well, because you have a new book and we would be remiss yes. if we did not mention <laughs> 500 pages of Goethe coming. <laughs> Um, thank, thank you, my friend in publishing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the book called uh, Brewtown Tales, uh, More Stories from Milwaukee and Beyond. And it's a collection coming out from the Wisconsin Historical Society Press. Uh, about 500 pages, uh, 80 uh, essays, most of them newspaper columns I did on, on each Sunday for the Journal Sentinel. Uh, but also a couple of Milwaukee magazine pieces and some things that uh, one one profile of Milwaukee's German community from an, an airline magazine. So, so, so it's kind of a, so it's a, a motley group of of essays. But uh, it'll be out, I think, December sixth, the official launch. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's 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 been fun to put together, and, and as you know, a whole lot more work than yeah. than anybody's not not in the field uh, has any ideas is uh, is happening. 
People of the Port, a Jones Island documentary, makes its debut on Milwaukee PBS channel 10.1 on November 17th at 7 p.m. We have to, we can't leave this phone call. We can't leave this Zoom call without doing the proper Kashub toast. And now that I know we have two Kashubs on the line here, this is uh, even even more important. So can uh, can you join us and, and raise a glass and lead us in this toast? Sure. Many fish to make the purse heavy and many children to make the purse light. <laughs> and do you say Nostrovia or something else? Oh, Nostrovia. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Nostrovia. <laughs>